You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Huda Nation and welcome to Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. And as always, a big thank you to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who've been rocking with me from the jump. Houdat family, and welcome into Wednesday's crossover edition of Locked on Saints. We're going to get to the crossover in the second segment. A little bit different this time, but we're just talking my questions to Tyler Rowland of the Locked on Titans podcast. If you want to hear my answers to the questions that he asked, you can go and check it out over at Locked on Titans, but you've already heard what I have to say. Let's focus on the next opponent in the Tennessee Titans. So we got that coming up for you, but before we get to that, the NFL Pro Bowl results have been announced, and there are seven New Orleans Saints represented at this year's Pro including some that are not yet to be named because they have 11 alternates listed as well. So we'll talk about who's in, who's out, who remains to be seen, and of course, who got snubbed. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The Saints set a team record with seven players being recognized on the initial Pro Bowl roster. Let's talk about the starters first. They've got five starters and two backups. Those starters being defensive end Cameron Jordan, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, kicker Will Lutz, kick returner Deontay Harris, and of course, wide receiver Michael Thomas. No big surprises there, but can we just acknowledge how absolutely amazing and just awesome it is that undrafted free agent out of a Assumption College, Deontay Harris, rookie, undrafted free agent rookie at that, Deontay Harris being named to the Pro Bowl. Five foot six, 170 pounds, probably told repeatedly throughout his career that he would never make it in the NFL and that he should give up on football. And instead, here he is in his first season. Again, I can't stress enough as an undrafted free agent rookie to be named as the primary kick returner for the NFC in the 2019 Pro Bowl. How absolutely awesome is that? None of those other names should be big surprises. Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas having absolutely incredible seasons for the Saints. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Will Lutz, big standouts as well, of course. The Saints also have two more players, players six and seven, who are named as backups, quarterback Drew Brees and tackle, of course, Teron Armstead. Now, Drew Brees being named to the Pro Bowl is absolutely notable because don't forget that he missed five games, essentially six games this season. He missed five total, but then he only played in a series and a couple of plays in that week two game against the Rams in which he was injured. So that is five games, six games, essentially fewer than most of these other quarterbacks that are named to the roster. And so just outstanding for Drew Brees to miss that much time and still get recognized as a Pro Bowl player, even in backup. I mean, this is this is what his 13th Pro Bowl nomination. So this isn't new to him, but it's still amazing and it's still incredible and 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 just worth shouting out because it's awesome to see some of these guys and the names that are on this list. Uh, Marshall Lattimore, this is his second Pro Bowl appearance, made it in his rookie year when he also won the Rookie of the Year Award for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, so he now has a second Pro Bowl nod on his resume in three years. And then Will Lutz, who was a notable snub from last year, actually, in my opinion, uh, he ends up getting into his first Pro Bowl of his career. So shout out Will Lutz. However, 
you know, I mentioned the word, I said it, I said snubs, so let's talk a little bit about some of the names that are missing from this list that absolutely should be here, and the one that tops my list personally is linebacker Demario Davis. I mean, you look at this guy, he's been absolutely incredible uh, this season, and he's been huge for the Saints since signing and landing here in New Orleans, and just what an awesome off-field personality as well, like even beyond what he does. I know you don't get in the Pro Bowl based on what you do off the field, but damn it, you do, you get the popularity by doing what you do off the field, and absolutely, Demario Davis deserves that. And don't forget, these are these are the three-way votes, right? This is split into thirds. There's the fan vote, there's the coach's vote, there's the player's vote. It's absolutely no reason Demario Davis didn't end up on this list. He's PFF's third highest rated linebacker, one of the tops in the league when it comes to defensive overall grade as well. He's been outstanding this year, and he's getting a lot of national recognition. So you can't say that people don't know his name. He's played all over the place, played in Cleveland, played in New York. Now he's in New Orleans. That's at least three different states. He should have gotten votes, right? Three different areas that he should have gotten those votes from the fans and from uh, teammates and uh, coaches as well. But that's all right. There is the opportunity for him to end up on the alternates list. And that goes for Ryan Ramchek as well, who is the other tackle uh, opposite Teron Armstead, who also got blanked from this year or snubbed from this year, in my opinion. But when you look at his resume... This is another guy who I have a lot of issues with the fact that he didn't even make a backup spot for the Pro Bowl. Look at the players that he has played against and absolutely demolished. The way that he absolutely 100% dog walked J.J. Watt, completely blanked him for the first time in J.J. Watt's career. He performed very well against Davion Clowney as well. You look at what he also did uh, just, just last week against uh, Nick Bosa, who did get some pressure and did get past it, but you know Ryan Ramchick hasn't given up a sack yet this season. He and he He's matched up with some of the best and absolute premier pass rushers in the NFL, and he doesn't get respected as such. That kind of bothers me a little bit. But again, much like Demario Davis, he'll very likely end up on that alternate list because the Saints are bringing in 11 alternates to the Pro Bowl. Those, of course, won't be named unless they absolutely need to be called up. So those are guys that, in case, you know, some players from the NFC side end up injured or unable to attend because of, you know, playoff runs or going to the Super Bowl, which is what we expect with the Saints anyway. We hope that these guys won't even be available to report to the Pro Bowl. But some of the other names that you're probably going to hear from the Saints roster include Marcus Williams and Von Bell as well as Thomas Morissette, all of which led their position in the NFC when it came to fan voting. I would be shocked to not see Larry Warford recognized and potentially some other surprise names for the Saints. Like what if CJ Gardner-Johnson ends up getting a nod or Eli Apple gets a nod? We'll see. But for now, we know the seven, we know the five starters, and we know that there are 11 additional names on the way, potentially, should they need to step up and play. All right, y'all. Coming up next, it's myself and Tyler Rowland of the Locked on Titans podcast. Got to ask him a few questions about the Titans and this week's upcoming matchup. But before we get to that, if you're looking for a last-minute sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn where you can find great shirts and fun sports gifts. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, you remember the time when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed Listen up. It's bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue 
brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance, and it's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office, no waiting at the line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got our special deal just for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, y'all. Welcome back to this episode of Crossover Wednesday. You got Locked On Saints like the Locked On Titans here. Uh, got a couple of questions over here from me to you on the Titan side today. Uh, just as a reminder, everybody, it's Ross Jackson here for Locked On Saints at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter. And then I'm happily, happily joined here with Tyler of the Locked On Titans podcast. So Tyler, a couple of questions for you, man. Um, we were just talking about the offensive line for the Saints. So let's start off with the defense over for the Titans. When it comes to the pass rush, there's a guy on that on that defensive line that I absolutely loved coming out of the draft. Harold Landry had you know a little bit of a, a, a wild rookie season because of the injury and everything, but has really come back. He had five pressures just in this last game against Houston, 11 total pressures for the team. How are you feeling about what the Titans pass rush can do against this Saints offensive line? Well, I have to be honest with you. I don't feel great about it. And I, I appreciate you shouting out Harold Landry here. He's been fantastic this year for the most part. Um, he's had a little bit of spells of inconsistency in certain games against certain teams. But for the most part, he's been fantastic. Nine sacks on the year. So he's been our most consistent you know, force in the pass rush. But unfortunately, that's where the Titans team and roster really lacks. And that's edge rushers getting consistent pressure up the middle. Jarrell Casey's been a stud for multiple years, but he's starting to get in his older age and becoming less effective. Jeffrey Simmons is a really effective rookie, but coming off of an ACL tear and not having a full training camp in the beginning of the season, they limit his snaps to about 50 percent of the snaps per game so the titans don't have now with cam wake being on ir and them rotating a bunch of uh, you know low-end roster guys or practice squad call-ups rotating those guys at the other edge rusher position so that's somewhere where the titans really lack and that's my main concern is will the titans be able to get pressure on breeze so that he's not able to pick apart a secondary that's really banged up right now so that's a very good question and i I actually think that the Titans won't be able to do that unless they go to their typical scheme, which is blitzing cornerbacks, blitzing safeties, blitzing linebackers. That's what you see from the Titans quite often because they can't get pressure with their front four, which is something that's really vital in the NFL, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, blitzing Drew Brees is is a risk, but sometimes it pays off. The risk versus reward is there. The One of the big differences that you'll see from Drew Brees is that if the middle of the field is closed, the blitz tends to work a little bit better. But if the middle of the field is open, so if you're playing a cover four or a cover two, it looks right. much different uh, for Drew Brees, who really does have the opportunity there to pick apart a defense, especially mm-hmm. if you're sending a linebacker in a cover two look or anything like that or a cover four well, look. Well, unfortunately, the Titans, because they have Tremaine Brock, 
who they got off waivers. Mm-hmm. LaShawn Sims, who's their fourth cornerback, finally came back after missing a few games with injury. But they also have practice squad guys like Ty Smith, Kareem Orr. They just signed back to the roster. So um, they've been running. You know, when you have new guys who don't know the scheme, you're right. going to run man because you've been playing man since you were, you know, Yep. In the back, in the schoolyard, when you were five, you've been playing man coverage. So they've been playing a lot of man, and that really exposed them in the fourth quarter against the Texans. And DeAndre Hopkins ate them alive in the fourth quarter. So it makes me nervous as to what their plan will be for Michael Thomas. He's been even more consistent and better than DeAndre Hopkins this year. So going man and trying to stay in man all day and blitz linebackers and safeties to rush five, that's not going to work against this Saints team. So I'm curious to see what the Titans' plan will be. I think they will need to play more zone, but the problem with that is if you give Drew Brees a chance to survey the zone and know where everyone's at, he's going to pick you apart too. So uh, how Dean Pease decides to come out in the first half in his defensive game plan, which hasn't really been solid the last few weeks, will tell us a lot about how the game will go. So obviously Saints and Titans fans be really looking for how the Titans play defense in that first series because that'll tell you a lot about what they're trying to do on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that pretty much answered my next question about what the Titans plan was uh, with Michael Thomas. So unless you have anything else to add about the Michael Thomas conundrum that every defense has to deal with, uh, I'd like to move on to ask you about one of the guys that Saints fans are really excited to see him sort of have a bounce back game. And Saints fans have been waiting for it for quite some time. How do you feel about linebackers matching up with Alvin Kamara if Alvin Kamara can get back to his 2017-2018 ways? Well, the closest person that I could compare Alvin Kamara to would be Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And the Titans struggled with him. And I think it was because they were trying to get too cute with different coverages and miscommunications happened. Um, So I think that the Titans are actually in a decent spot when it comes to that. Uh, Logan Ryan, I would expect to get matched up on Alvin Kamara quite a bit coming out of the backfield. I think you've got to put a cornerback on Kamara out of the backfield, as you've seen people do to James White. With the Patriots, um, that's been pretty effective. I think the Titans should copy that mm-hmm. against the Saints. So, Jayon Brown, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. He is undersized, but he's been phenomenal for the Titans. He's really fast. He's a great pass coverage linebacker. So, if you can get a combination of Logan Ryan and Jayon Brown switching things up to stay on Kamara, I think they have a pretty good shot of limiting Kamara. It's Thomas and some of the other weapons that that worry me the most because the Titans are hurting outside. I think Jayon Brown and Logan Ryan and maybe Kenny Vaccaro at safety, those three together can try to limit Kamara's best. I guess there's a better chance of that than there is of Michael Thomas being limited. We're talking about two of the best players in the NFL. It's all about just trying to take away as much as you can at that moment in time. But that's a place linebackers covering Kamara out of the backfield or who may cover Kamara where I think the Titans actually have more of an advantage than they do elsewhere. That's good. So going along with that same thing, when you look at that, and you know, we talked about Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, how do you limit them? But also, Saints have a new big addition. It's a big tight end, number 87, Jared Cook. What do the Titans do in terms of trying to limit these three guys as much as they can? Yeah, absolutely. I think in that situation, what you're going to need to do is you're going to try to play like some complex zones where you have some man coverage included. Uh, I think that has to be the key. The Titans will have to go and dime packages. I, I don't really think the Titans are going to fear the Saints, you know, running attack. The mm-hmm. Titans do pretty well against the run game. So I think what the Titans should do is go into a lot of dime personnel where you're only going to have three linemen out on the field, uh, two linebackers, have six defensive backs out there and try to play zone and and maybe try to have an underneath slot like Logan Ryan man up 
on Michael Thomas with the rest of the defensive shell playing zone. I think, you know, quarters, cover two, cover three, mixing all of those together to try your best to confuse Drew Brees and just not give away what the coverage is pre-snap. Just try to mix in a bunch of different coverages with man as well. The Titans haven't mixed up a lot of coverages half to half. They've been like solely doing man in the second half against the Texans. Mm -hmm. They went man against the Raiders in first half and then eventually switched to zone. So I hope the Titans switch up the coverages a lot more often against the Saints. And I know they have a lot of new guys playing at corner and that may be difficult to get them on the same page, but that, that's what they have to try to do. So that's what I would expect them to do to try to take away Cook in the middle because then you can have your linebackers like Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, safety Kenny Vaccaro taking care of the middle zones. And then Logan Ryan may be manned up uh, on Michael Thomas and have the rest of the five defensive backs play in a zone. That might be your, your best chance. But uh, that's a tough riddle to crack. Mm -hmm. quite frankly, and most NFL defensive coordinators haven't been able to do it as the Saints are 10-3. and Before we jump into the second part of our conversation here on our Crossover Wednesday event, I want to remind you guys that the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from our Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Hopping over to the Titans offense, uh, you know, look, uh, I, I mentioned that and we, we seem to both have a lot of respect for each other's teams here. And certainly the Titans have been a, a fan. You know, I've been a fan of the Titans for quite some time. I actually first non-Saints jersey was a, a Derek Mason jersey. Uh, so big fan of the the wide receivers back then. And of course, uh, Javon Curse. But there's a new uh, wide receiver in, or a new couple of wide receivers out there for Tennessee that's playing very, very well. And rookie A.J. Brown sits atop that list for me. Uh, what can you say a little bit about what A.J. Brown does well and what is it that has made him or is really just sort of you know credited uh, or what, what is it that you can credit to his big resurgence at the top of the season or at the top of his career rather yeah absolutely um that it's funny that you bring up A.J. Brown I actually do a film driven breakdown my Tic Tac Tuesday segment where we break down the X's and O's every Tuesday on my show and I also put up a thread on Twitter to kind of marry my audio breakdown with the visuals there. And AJ Brown was my focus this week. He's had 47 catches on the year, 893 yards, seven touchdowns. All of that leads the Titans as a rookie. It's been incredible to watch his development happen so quickly. So one of the things I focused on is his hands are monstrous. He is a huge physical guy. So at the beginning of the year, he was just good after the catch. We would run him short intermediate routes, get the ball in his hands, let him run. He's kind of like a, hey, um, the comparison that you see a lot now, Eddie George actually said it today, I've made it in the past, is Terrell Owens. Uh, he's mm -hmm. so physical with the ball in his hands afterwards that that's how we were utilizing him early in the season. He's developed throughout the season. It's something I showcased on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans that his route running, he had a couple of plays against Bradley Roby, some out routes where he had Bradley Roby on the ground because he broke so quickly to the outside. Uh, his strength his physicality, also his mental awareness. He just does a lot of things where he's very aware of the goal line, the sideline, his where his body needs to be, his body control. And then overall, his just athleticism, his speed, his agility, his quickness. He's kind of putting everything together right now. And the last 
four weeks, he's been dominant, having over 100, averaging over 100 yards, averaging a touchdown catch per game, having over four catches each game. He's just been great as he's developed later in the season. So seeing his impact on the offense and what it kind of allows the Titans to do has been a big part of how this offense took off in the middle of the season, along with Tannehill coming in. But, you know, a lot of it had to do with not just Tannehill. Like I said, it's A.J. Brown's development as a as a total package at wide receiver and not just an underneath yards after catch specialist. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend for the Saints fans listening to go and check out Tyler's episode from uh, from Tuesday, the Tic Tac Tuesday episode. I listened to it earlier today. Incredible breakdown, man. Great, great work there. And then check out Thank also, you. oh, Thank of course, you. of course, and check yeah, out the Twitter at the minimum, breakdowns. just check out, you know, the Twitter yep. account at Tic Tac Titans if you want to see a little more about what A.J. Brown does. And, you know, Saints fans will obviously have to stop him this week. So it might be something you're interested in checking out as well. Yeah, very, very, very good stuff over there. What would you say, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is the corner that's probably going to be with him. And Marshawn can play a little bit of that speed corner role to where, you know, he's going to essentially just try to keep up with uh, whoever he's lined up across. But he can also be very physical as well. So he can play a little bit of that sort of physical and finesse role. Is it going to take a little bit of both or does it take a little bit of more, more of one than the other? You know what's crazy is I think that the the biggest aspect that will help Marshawn Lattimore going against A.J. Brown is – um his intelligence, his football IQ. A.J. Brown has developed quite a bit as a receiver, but where he's lacking most at this moment in time is still his route running. He doesn't have a complete route tree, and he's still developing there. Uh, seeing those developments, like I mentioned, are great, but you know he's no Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas out there with his route running at this moment in time. He still relies heavily on his athleticism and physicality as a player. So uh, if you're Michael, or I'm sorry, if you're Marshawn Lattimore, what your plan is going to be is, is probably to try to mentally be A.J. Brown, know what routes are coming through film study. Because I think if Marshawn Lattimore is so quick twitch that he can athletically hang with A.J. Brown. So if you mentally can beat A.J. Brown – kind of figure out his routes, what he likes to run, how he tips his routes, things like that. I think Marshawn Lattimore can beat him to the spot because what you don't want is A.J. Brown with the ball in his hands because once the ball is in his hands, he's going to be a nightmare for any defense running down the field. So I think it's important for Marshawn Lattimore to use his football intelligence, which is shown time and time again. Cornerbacks aren't just good because they're physical and athletic. They have to be incredibly smart to play cornerback in the NFL. So I think if Marshawn Lattimore does enough film study, can figure out the routes that A.J. Brown likes and the formations that the Titans run those certain routes out of, he can beat A.J. Brown to the spot on a couple footballs, which will give him opportunities to make turnovers, but primarily just make sure that he doesn't allow A.J. Brown to get the ball in his hands and get momentum. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question for you. We talked a little bit about his weapons already. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, or I guess second to last question. Ryan Tannehill, um, how do you feel, I mean, when you look at Ryan Tannehill, uh, when it comes to him performing with no pressure versus under pressure, you look at his PFF grades, 95.2 with no pressure, which is fantastic. Uh, 55.3, though, under pressure. How do you feel in terms of the offensive line keeping Ryan Tannehill clean against a guy like Cam Jordan and some of the other running mates that he's got with him there? Well, quite frank, frankly, I don't feel great about it. Uh, the Titans have given up 51 sacks on the season. That's, you know, top three in the NFL and sacks allowed. And I, I should say bottom three because saying top anything when we're talking about sacks doesn't feel right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't feel the Titans offensive line has been improved in, in recent weeks, uh, even given up zero sacks against the Raiders. So you like to see that, but against more talented 
defensive lines and and pass rushing units this year the titans have just been eaten alive especially if you have interior pressure so what i would do if i'm the saints i would try to find a way to get cam jordan matched up one-on-one on rookie right guard nate davis he's been exposed quite a bit with guys who can turn speed into power they can bull rush him and then use a speed move to get right around him with the space they've created. And Cam Jordan, if you've ever watched his film breakdowns on like Baldy's breakdown on the mm-hmm. NFL YouTube channel and things like that, that guy is going to be a stud in the media when he's done playing football. He's so intelligent. Oh, yeah. And it's it's not just being smart, the ability to communicate his pass rush moves and his step-by-step breakdown and his internal monologue of what he's doing on these pass rush moves and his counters. It is just amazing to watch i love watching him break down film so i hope he goes into the media when he's done but if you can find a way to get a technician and a savvy vet like that matched up against a rookie right guard who is better in run blocking than he is pass blocking at this moment in time because he's kind of got um a squatty butt to say it Mm -hmm. sounds funny but he's very heavy in the back end and it gives him balance issues quite frankly in pass protection so if you can get somebody like cam jordan to get him off balance with a bull rush and then use a speed move inside or outside to get to the quarterback i think it's going to give the titans offensive line a ton of problems and what they'll need to do is they'll need to use heavy packages and kind of move Tannehill within the pocket with bootlegs as they typically do to get him away from that pass rush if it's just set up titans o-line versus saints pass rush i don't care how banged up they are the saints are going to get in there so they're going to have to do a couple of different things to try to eliminate that threat that's fantastic insight. Thank you very much for that. And the Saints do a really good job at moving those guys around on the defensive line. So yep, not at do. all. Yeah, not at all uh, out of the ordinary to see Cam Jordan line up on the mm-hmm. interior. Running a little bit low on time, but really quickly, just a couple of words in terms of how you're feeling with Derrick Henry. I know he was you know, on the injury report for a little while, didn't go for over 100 yards this week. So everybody's kind of worried about him. But I, how do you feel about him coming into this week against the Saints? Well, the Titans got down 14 to nothing. So it's game flow wise. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. But Henry still got 21 carries. And there were a few situations where I thought he should have gotten more. But the injury, the injury really did impact how plays were called, what personnel packages were used at certain times. So it's pretty obvious that he's banged up pretty bad. Um, I think that's fair to say. I mean, the Titans ran a toss sweep to their tight end. Right. Jo- now, uh, it was 57 Jonu yards. Smith. Jonu Smith, yeah. is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Jo- Jonu Smith. Jonu, Jonu Smith. He's been great. So yeah. watch out for him if if um you're you know you're looking for some daily cheap daily fantasy options. He's been pretty solid. He's an underrated tight end. But when you're running a pitch sweep to your tight end, it tells you two things. One, your starting running back is hurt, and you're trying anything you can to possibly give him a little bit of a breather. And two, your running back room sucks. I mean, if you have to go, if, if you you have a backup running back in Deion Lewis who literally can't run that type of play because he's not physical enough and you have nobody else to give the ball to, I mean, that is a problem. And we talked about the Titans' lack of edge rushers and that being a roster hole. Roster hole number two is running back. So probably why Todd McShay mocked DeAndre Swift to the Titans today. But moving <laughs> forward, yeah, I am really worried about Derrick Henry's injury. His hamstring is clearly a problem. And there is a scenario that if the Texans beat the Buccaneers on Saturday night, there is a scenario there where the Saints game really doesn't matter to the Titans at all. Mm-hmm. Really, the outcome of it doesn't matter. It's it's a complicated playoff scenario to explain. I'm not going to bore Saints fans with the Titans playoff paths, but basically there's a, there's a way that the Saints game, the Titans will know when the game kicks off that the Saints game doesn't matter. So uh, look to see Derrick Henry 
if the Saints for some reason get up early, they'll probably limit him in the second half and just kind of chalk it up as a loss and try to get him right for week 17 in the biggest matchup against the Texans. But if the Titans are able to get up early and Derrick Henry can kind of have some success early, then I would be concerned because later in the game, he wears on people. And if the Saints were to get down after that big emotional win on Monday night with less rest than normal, playing a road game against mm-hmm. a hungry team who really, really needs it. I could see them, you know, getting in trouble and, and not wanting to tackle Derrick Henry by the second half. So, like I said, in when we were talking Titans defense, it really depends on how the Titans play defense in that first quarter, how the rest of the game will go. But if the Saints get up early, the Titans might just rest Derrick Henry and Saints fans will have the biggest threat possible not to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Saints have been doing a good job here over recent weeks scoring in their opening possessions. They'll look to continue that and start to set a tone early in this game. Start Tyler. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Tyler, great, great, great doing this with you, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to do this podcast again in February. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Well, take care, Ross. I appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. You too. All right, Huda Nation, that is going to wrap up today's Crossover Wednesday episode. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Locked On Podcast Network and specifically here at Locked On Saints. Big thank you to Tyler Rowland. You can follow him on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. I'm serious. His film study and everything is really great, so make sure you check that out. So you get all the other information you need to know ahead of Sunday's game. On tomorrow's episode, we'll jump back just a moment to the Colts game to take a look at some pro football focus grades from that performance, but we're also going to look at ahead and continue to give you everything you need to know about the Titans game practice participation report everything like that comes out later on today so we'll update you on all of that tomorrow and then Friday of course we'll update once more on the injury report but also give you everything that you need to know about that Titans game looking at some personnel grouping analysis as well as some in-depth stats on how these two teams stack up against one another so all right y'all that's going to do it for today's episode thank you so much for coming through once again this is Ross Jackson you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the show and if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe drop that five star rating and review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust to that nation i'll holla at you